This is a Federal News Network podcast. Most agencies will happily tell you how their organizations successfully pivoted to telework at the start of the pandemic. The vast majority of the federal workforce has been teleworking since March, and there's no end in sight. Now some agencies are embracing the next frontier of remote work. They're starting to consider new hires who can work remotely from anywhere. And they see plenty of benefits to this new kind of recruiting approach. We get more now from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. It took a pandemic to get some agencies on board with regular telework opportunities for their employees. But now that so many agencies are on board, they're starting to embrace it, even to the point where they're considering hiring completely remote employees. Jasmine Avila is the Cybersecurity Training and Policy Branch Chief for Customs and Border Protection. We're considering positions that are 100% telework where that wasn't the case before. And so that means that we're able to, you know, recruit from a geographically dispersed candidate pool and we wouldn't have to limit ourselves to the highly competitive, you know, DC market. And so that I think is going to be something that we look forward to in the future as we again continue just to reimagine, reimagine as time goes on that maybe we'll have some dedicated, you know, virtual support folks working from wherever. CBP, though, wasn't always on board with telework. Here's Avila again. It has shifted our attitudes, though. I have seen a great deal of positivity come from senior leadership that maybe in the past wasn't as pro-telework, wasn't as telework-friendly. Now they're seeing, you know, that with a huge uptick in productivity, we're able to get, a, you know, a lot done without ever seeing each other, without stepping foot in the office. Immigration and Customs Enforcement is having a similar conversation. Natasha Hewlett is the Diversity and Inclusion Program Manager for ICE. We want to think of this positively because our recruitment efforts now can expand more than just outside where our current workforce or our office location is. Because working from home and teleworking gives us the opportunity to bring in and target some of the more, you know, new graduate students that that are more inclined to go to jobs like Google that have more flexibility in their work schedules. So utilizing that as a marketing tool in this recruitment efforts has been significantly great because now we can expand our recruitment areas. The National Nuclear Security Administration is also embracing completely virtual employees. NNSA onboarded over 300 new employees since March. They're also hosting virtual job fairs with its contractors and partners. Over 3,000 people signed up to participate at one virtual NNSA job fair. Over 2,000 people completed profiles and uploaded their resumes. And the agency managed to connect with over 1,500 people during the virtual job fair itself. Agency hiring managers followed up with promising candidates afterward. Lewis Monroe is the director of human resources at NNSA. And he says this kind of situation could be the future. We were just getting ready to, when we went out in March, getting ready to pin a contract for space outside of the Forestall building here on Independence. We were going to a lease space, beautiful, great views, windows, the whole nine yards. Cost us a couple million a year. All of a sudden we went out because of this COVID. And uh, then we realized there was no need to move. Most of our workforce, outside of myself, my deputy, and uh, some admin support, we can work virtually 100% of our folks that actually do the work with no problem whatsoever. We can take throughout the entire building where we lack classified what we call red space where you can do sensitive work and take and redo those or refurbish those into uh, sensitive compartmented facilities 
to um, give us more space for those kinds of things. And that recruiting that now that we don't have to entertain a PCS authorization or a relocation incentive or something like that, we're able to cast that net all across the country and folks work right from home. The State Department, in many ways, was already built to help agencies through this new virtual world. It's hosted a virtual student internship program for a couple years now. It's called the Virtual Student Federal Service. And the program matches college students with agencies who work part-time throughout the week on specific tasks and projects. About 3,000 students applied for 1,200 virtual internships throughout the government during the last school year. This year, obviously, the program saw a big jump in interest from students and agencies. Over 8,000 students applied for 2,000 virtual internship spots. The program runs from September through May. Megan Kuhn is a program analyst for the Virtual Student Federal Service at the State Department. One of the big messages we shared, we see continuously agencies have a growing need for virtual interns who can assist with graphic design, videography, also, of course, the tech skills. So we did a broad outreach of the type of students any U.S. citizen college student can participate from rising freshmen to Ph.D. candidates. Embracing virtual interns or even completely remote employees has its benefits. The recruiting pool is bigger, but it also means that agency supervisors can shift the way they manage and what they're focusing on. Here's Avila with CBP. And I think that's also shifting the mindset towards more of a productivity-based, output-based workforce versus, okay, here, clock in from eight to four. These are your, your hours. Now we're looking more at let's manage by output. It doesn't matter exactly when you work. If you have, you know, elderly parents or children that you need to take care of, as long as you meet the deadline and your work is of high quality, then, you know, we're doing well. Recruiting and onboarding new virtual employees has its challenges, too. Tracy Martini is the chief human capital officer for the General Services Administration. It really is putting the focus on coaching managers on why this is the time for them to hone in on those emotional intelligence skills, because not only are we in the middle of a pandemic where we have to, you know, work virtually, people have a lot of other stressors on them, right? So they may be starting a new job while they're also homeschooling their kids, or they may be working a job while they're also helping manage um, other family members that have become ill. It's really explaining to them, you have to invest in that one-on-one communication, whether it be through a video chat or an email, and just making sure we're being accessible and helping people balance the work-life responsibilities that everyone's been faced with for the last seven months at an increased level. I think that as we move forward and come out of the pandemic, the one thing that's going to happen is we're going to realize as a government, not just as an agency, but government-wide, this is why the investment into manager training is so critical. Because if you don't take the time to actually select people that have great management potential, and you don't invest in coaching and training them up to be good managers, they're going to have a very difficult time doing it in a virtual world. Monroe says NNSA added a new component to its leadership training. Managers will train on leading a virtual workforce. He says that training will be especially important when supervisors are welcoming new employees to the organization virtually. 
the biggest thing about it is understanding what it's like to sit at home and work because you're doing it as a leader. So you have to have that, that sort of empathy with the folks that work for you and work with you. Nothing's more important than that first step in that virtual door that that employee understands that they are a part of the team. They're going to be given all of the resources they need to be successful, and they're going to be given an opportunity to become acclimated into the workforce and the work environment, even through a virtual, through a virtual process. For example, I just hired a uh, division director. She's coming over from the forest, came over from the Forest Service, will be based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I've only talked to her on the phone about 20, 25 times and face-to-face in a virtual environment about four or five times. But it's that constant contact, if you will. Nicole Lagrisco, Federal News Network. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Ever wonder why people don't get the care they need? Why their care isn't the best it can be? Ever wonder if home care could be as safe and effective as hospital care? So patients get hospital-quality care during home treatment. Ever wonder if you could drive out waste so organizations could save billions? Health needs the power of wonder and bold ideas in pharmacy, care, and benefit solutions. Ever wonder who can do that? Wonder no more. Evernorth brings wonder to health services. Learn more at evernorth.com.